three, two, one. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Anyone Can Run podcast, the podcast for those brand new to running who want to make sure they begin their journey on the road to Gainesville on the right foot. I am your host, True Bros, aka Gabe, aka the person Warner Brothers should cast as Captain Levi in a live-action Attack on Titan movie, and I am an NCCA certified personal trainer who specializes in playing games, making gains, and helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This is the podcast where we cover nutrition, training, running gear, everything you need to know about what it takes to complete your first race, whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything between. The name of this podcast is Anyone Can Run For A Reason. It doesn't take much to get outdoors and start pounding the pavement. All you need is a decent pair of running shoes and some solid workout clothes. I'll take it a step further and say anyone can run a full marathon. And I'm guessing if you're out for a run or driving and you've never run more than a couple miles, your eyebrows are raising like you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson right about now. However, hear me out. A full marathon is one of the most physically and mentally grueling tasks a human being can complete. But if it wasn't doable, would they be organized in every major city? Today, we're going to cover why you should absolutely sign up for the arduous task of completing 26.2 miles continuously in the upright position and figuring out your motivation to begin running on the road to Gainesville. To kick things off right, let's quickly cover the origin of the marathon and why the distance is the extremely specific and odd 26.2 miles. Let's get all ancient Greek for a minute. Legend has it, this Greek soldier named Phippidippides or something ran from a battlefield near the city of Marathon, Greece, to Athens, which is around 25 miles. He did this in order to renounce the defeat of the Persians to Athenians, and upon doing so, keeled over and died. And you might take that as a shock or a trigger to be like, oh my god, I can't do this, look, someone died completing this mileage, but hold your dang horses and think about it for a minute. Our man, Phippidippides, or however you say his name, was a soldier, not a runner who spent months training specifically to complete this distance. So just take a second and chill out. It's more or less the origin story of the marathon. But is it something you're going to be keeping in the back of your mind while tackling the distance? Probably not. But it's a neat story, and one I think that's worth retelling for any of our fellow new runners. Today we're going to discuss training, the race day experience, the communal aspect of running, and a few other things. But the very first thing I want to discuss is the competitive nature of people. If you've ever swung by the Twitch gym, located at twitch.tv slash truebroslive, where yours truly is playing a multiplayer game, odds are you've heard me say I'm truly not a competitive person, and that's 100% true. I've met plenty of runners and gamers who derive some sense of utility from an impressive in-game play or from passing people up on the race course, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Odds are you'll know just after hearing that sentence if you consider yourself a competitive person or not. And I'm not here to shame or put you down if you are. If you are, a marathon is a fantastic competitive event. But if you're not, it's still the perfect life milestone. The reason I bring up the competitive nature of human beings is because I cannot count the number of clients I've trained, people I've met at events or on Twitch who, when asked if they've ever completed a race, say something to the effect of, oh, I've only just done a 5k, or some other distance where they're well aware I've completed multiple half and full marathons. You should never, ever 
trivialize your accomplishments, especially when the entire point of completing these races is to get stronger, faster, and live a healthy and fit lifestyle and simply be better than you were yesterday. That being said, I can absolutely empathize with this sentiment as I've done the same thing plenty of times to myself. I've recapped the story of my painful first marathon experience, and I remember after the race meeting my family with bags of ice around my knees. I'd accomplished something I wasn't 100% sure I'd be able to, and I felt amazing. However, I'd look around the family meetup area and see tons of people rocking the dopey challenge medals, meaning they not only completed the 26.2 miles like I did, but also completed a 5k, 10k, and half marathon in the days leading up to the full. Completing that full marathon was the most grueling physical thing I'd ever done, and yet, as I was walking around, I kept thinking, dang, all of them completed the dopey, and I only completed the full marathon. You should never trivialize your accomplishments, but I think given the competitive nature of people, it's an all too easy thing to do. I've mentioned this a handful of times in past episodes, but I vehemently believe the end goal of a quote-unquote fit person who commits themselves to living a healthy and fit lifestyle is simply to be better than they were yesterday. Maybe that means physically getting stronger with each run and feeling better and more confident in your physical abilities. Not every single workout is going to lead to drastic physical changes in your appearance or strength, but you can bet all the work and effort you put in leads to changes over time. Additionally, and I know we're discussing accomplishments right now, but considering race day is a culmination of all your training, I think it makes sense to view both training and race day in the same vacuum. Not every run is going to feel good, but that doesn't mean they aren't useful on your road to Gainesville. For example, I live in central Texas, and right now, it's the doldrums of summer, so it regularly hits over 100 degrees Fahrenheit with at least 50% humidity by noon. I've never been much of a rise and grind person. I prefer working out late in the day, so I have something to look forward to, but obviously, the later the workouts begin, the hotter it is outside. This past weekend, I went to complete a seven mile run as I'm working on getting the mileage up in preparation for the rock and roll Las Vegas marathon in November and I went out to complete my run at 5 p.m. like I typically do. As soon as I stepped outside, I knew this was not going to be a fun time. I glanced at the weather app on my phone and it said it was 95 degrees and felt like 105 with 50% humidity. We briefly touched on the benefits and drawbacks of heat training, and today's episode is all about how an individual who can get out and run can complete a full marathon, so I don't want to dive into it. But just know I was a staunch advocate of heat training when I first started running in the fall of 2015. However, when I went running yesterday, after 2 miles, my speed dropped tremendously, and after the 3.5 mile mark, I ended up walking the remaining 3.5 miles. I was too drained despite being hydrated, having eaten, and being ready to tackle my 7 mile run, and needless to say I was slightly dejected that I wasn't able to complete my distance continuously as I'd intended. However, while the run was pretty terrible and I felt absolutely out of it during the long walk back, I viewed this as a turning point in my training and a valuable learning experience. As much as I love running in the severe heat, which for the record, I don't recommend any new runner or really any runner do because it's crazy and I'm just a bit of a psychomaniac, it's gotten to a point where I feel like it's adversely impacting my training. 
in order to ensure I'm able to knock out the assigned mileage each week so I can get faster and stronger and hopefully use a race in 2020 to qualify for the iconic Boston or New York Marathon, I now have to become a morning runner as it pertains to my weekly long runs. So even though that run didn't go as planned or even well by any stretch of the imagination, at the very least, I learned something incredibly useful about my body and will use that knowledge to improve my training down the line. That was a bit of a tangent, but the point is every training session, whether they feel fantastic or not, are contributing to your goal of living a healthy and fit lifestyle, and race day is a culmination of all your hard work and dedication. I know I've said it a few times so far, but today is about running a full 26.2. So let's discuss why I think you need to knock out a full marathon so long as you're able to run. To really get to the crux of the subject, I think it's important to discuss why I not only started running, but why I signed up for my first marathon with just four months notice. To set the stage for you, it's August, September of 2015, and I'm 27 years old. I'm working at a corporate office and doing the nine to five thing. I'm not overly fond of the work I'm doing, but I'm doing creative stuff to keep myself focused while I'm making some money and the wife and I are trying to build our life together and all that. It dawns on me that in eight months or so, I'll be 28 and then just a couple years shy of 30 and I begin to get very reflective. I start thinking about what I've accomplished to that point, not just professionally, but in my personal life, my creative endeavors and my physical fitness and well-being. And I start to get very hung up on the physical aspect. I've always been an avid sports fan, especially boxing, basketball, and American football. And from the years of hearing commentators and analysts, I know most males hit their physical prime right around the age of 27. This gets me thinking. Here I am, about to hit 28, in my physical apex, and what have I done? As you can ascertain, the wheels are starting to turn as I'm going through this full-blown existential crisis, questioning what I've done with my life as I'm approaching 30, and specifically focusing on my physical well-being. I was on the rowing team during college. As someone who's all of 5 foot 9 inches tall, it seemed like the sport where I could be the most competitive and not risk injury, and had been lifting weights regularly since I was about 19 years old or so, so I felt like I was a relatively fit person. However, I was interested in taking my fitness to the next level, and I can 100% attribute this to the life crisis I was going through at the time. I'd always been interested in visiting Walt Disney World, as I never went there when I was younger. So I went to my future wife and told her I wanted to sign up for a full marathon at Disney with about four months notice, despite never being much of a runner. Truth be told, to this point, I don't think I'd ever run more than five miles in my life. I don't want to rehash my first marathon story, as we covered that during our inaugural episode, but my mental state at the time was the deciding factor for me to sign up for that race. It seems almost like an overcorrection, doesn't it? I signed up for my first marathon because I didn't want my physical prime to go to waste, but I've always been a fairly risk-averse person when it comes to my physical well-being. Like I mentioned, I've been lifting weights for years, but never asked for proper instruction, and I simply compiled weight training plans from various fitness magazines. And while that's an admirable thought process, this led to me not lifting for function and also resulted in me tweaking my wrist and back and other body parts sporadically over the years. I was fortunate to never have caused any severe injuries to myself while lifting weights, but the history of small tweaks made me want to change up my training some. I knew I wouldn't be doing heavy lifting for years to come and wanted to begin training for longevity, ideally something I could do for the rest of my life. 
Like many who lift weights, I was never very interested in knocking out cardio sessions, but I completed tons of one and two mile runs because I could get them completed fairly quickly in my younger days. However, the more I thought about what I could do to take my physical fitness to the next level, I knew running had to be an integral component because it would be something I could do for years to come. I figured if I really wanted to push myself mentally and physically, the best thing I could do is sign up for a race. And since I'm the type of person who always goes full pedal to the metal, I figured may as well sign up for a full 26.2 miles. I've mentioned this before, but I remember watching How I Met Your Mother years ago, and Barney said something to the effect of, running a marathon is easy. Step one, run. There is no step two. So I figured, how hard could it be? Turns out the answer is pretty dang difficult, and if you've listened to any of our previous race recaps, you know I wholeheartedly do not recommend signing up for a full marathon with a limited training window. However, completing that first marathon was an experience I wouldn't trade for anything, and I think it's pretty easy to follow my mental state from full-blown existential crisis, fear of aging, my own mortality, lack of accomplishments, yada yada yada, to being gung-ho and forcing myself into a situation where I could feel like I actually accomplished something. I'm the type of person who likes to throw themselves into the deep end, and I felt like this was something I needed to do in order to get myself back on track. As you've probably guessed by now, everything we've just discussed over the past few minutes is why I run. I'm sure millions of people have undergone similar circumstances and more than likely came out with similar results. Everything I experienced a few years ago led me to become a runner and served as the foundation for a very personal relationship with running. Believe it or not, I am still not a big fan of going out and pounding the pavement. I've logged hundreds of miles over the years, and I still do not look forward to lacing up my shoes, going out in the heat, and running from anywhere between 20 minutes to 3 hours. That being said, I am absolutely enamored with the feeling of crossing a finish line. I love feeling as if I'm on the brink of quitting because I know that I won't, and I owe that knowledge to my first marathon experience. I now know I have what it takes to kick it into another gear. And even if my energy is sapped and I feel completely worn out, I know I won't throw in the towel. I know all of this is a very personal anecdote, which may or may not be of particular use to a new runner. And I know none of this is a marathon strategy or whatever. However, odds are if you follow fitness content on social media, you've seen posts which read something similar to running is my therapy or whatever. And I totally get that. I'm not trying to trivialize mental health or therapy or anything like that. That's a very real thing that needs to be viewed more seriously in our society, in my estimation. But what I mean is, while it's important to be able to articulate your emotions, I'm the kind of person that needs to work through things in healthy ways. For me, a big part of that is zoning out during those extended runs and only focusing on my goals, my music, if I'm listening to it, and how I'm physically feeling. I've said this before, but I'm a very aggressive person. I'm constantly pushing forward, thinking and working from the moment I get up until I'm in bed having trouble sleeping because I'm thinking about how I can approach a specific work, content, or physical hurdle differently. I'm constantly thinking about what my next move is, not only in the next day, but in the next week and months and years to an extent. That drive is a bit of a double-edged sword, because while it helps keep me focused, the inherent competitiveness of human beings, and yes, I said beans, you don't need to rewind, means I'm constantly thinking about where I quote-unquote should be. Being able to channel this into something healthy, constructive, and simple is of the utmost importance, and it doesn't get much easier than going outside and running a few miles. 
thinking about how you're physically feeling is something I think many people tend to overlook and running forces you to do this, right? I grew up in an area where a lot of people didn't want to say how they felt emotionally or physically. You kind of just kept everything to yourself. But the skill of learning how to listen to your body, of knowing when you can push and when you need to ease off the throttle is developed and refined through experience. And it's something every runner can learn with time. It's very personal, but in my humble opinion, contributes to self-awareness, which is a very good thing. You want to know what you're capable of and what your limits are. And it's also a very satisfying thing to train and push yourself to consistently reach those limits and perhaps even surpass them. I know our conversation today has been very focused on a personal description of why I run, but it's possible there may be other new runners out there in the world who may be working through something similar, and perhaps hearing how yours truly has been there as well may serve some benefit. Getting to the crux of why you run is a very personal thing, but finding that motivation and drive to develop consistency and discipline is integral to making fundamental life changes. As we touched on previously, a part of that existential crisis I went through a few years ago was centered around not wanting to waste my physical prime. But another big part of it was wanting to be in better physical shape to minimize any health risks that may run in my family. I was very focused on being the best possible physical version of myself I could be. And running struck me as the most accessible sport and physical training I could do. So I've given you the longest story ever to illustrate why I run, and I hope that serves as some sort of motivating factor to help you find your motivation for running. It was a very potent personal blend of factors that led me to signing up for my first race. And when I signed up for that full 26.2 miles, I'll readily confess, I was quite apprehensive. Not only because I was signing up for my first race with little time to train, but because of how mentally daunting the task is of tackling 26.2 miles continuously. Let's be real, to someone who had never ran more than 5 miles, it sounded nearly impossible to complete that type of mileage in one go. And that's truly part of the reason why I signed up for it. And that's why I believe every new runner should plan to complete a full marathon at least once. If you've never completed a full marathon, I'm sure just the very concept of that distance sounds positively asinine in your head. The fact that the distance sounds ridiculous, but has been completed by thousands of normal people, meaning non-professional athletes, is part of the reason why you should sign up for one. In my humble opinion, there is no greater test of both physical and mental endurance that's more accessible than a full marathon. And that's a beautiful thing. We've touched on this in many of our previous episodes, and some today, but you learn so much about yourself throughout the course of a marathon training cycle. You learn what food makes you feel strong, or at the very least, doesn't inhibit your athletic performance. You learn what time of day you prefer working out during. You learn what it takes to keep you mentally dialed into a physical, monotonous task for hours at a time. Most importantly, you learn what it takes for you to push through when you want to quit. At mile 17 of my first race, I wanted to quit. I called my future wife and then my mother and got no answer. I had the choice of either throwing in the towel or pushing forward, and I decided to limp my way the rest of the race course and finish no matter what. That was one of the most important experiences of my life, as it was the catalyst for me strengthening my mindset to know I can push through anything. I want every new runner to have a similar confidence building moment but something like that came by virtue of being exhausted in pain and more than halfway in to a lengthy race course running a marathon isn't easy but it's doable 
from my personal experience as a runner and working with a litany of clients as a personal trainer at varying fitness levels, ages, and sizes, I vehemently believe running a marathon is one of the most challenging mental obstacles you can undertake, but not the most physically grueling. With time, the right clothing and shoes and a whole lot of running, you can complete that distance. There are a couple things I want to touch on, specifically regarding the marathon experience, and that's the mindset and appearance of you and your fellow runners on race day. A full 26.2 miles varies wildly from something like a high-octane competitive 5K, and not just because of the course distance. The atmosphere of a marathon is very communal and supportive. For runners who want to complete their first marathon, your only goal should be to complete the distance in the upright position under the course time limit. Because of that, and believe me, that will be the goal of nearly everyone lining up at the start line, it's not as if you're competing against your fellow runners. You're competing against a course, a clock, and any pre-existing mental barriers you may have. I've trained numerous clients who go out and win 5Ks, and when they go out and sign up for a run Disney race to tackle their first half or full marathon, they are blown away at the supportive atmosphere. Most runners offer words of encouragement to each other. People wear costumes or shirts adorned with words of support. The environment tends to be much more relaxed than they anticipated. This is because for us regular people who aren't professional athletes or who aren't at or near that level, a marathon is 26.2 miles. And while it gets easier with time and experience, it never becomes easy. Whether it's your first or your 50th marathon, it's still going to take you anywhere between three to seven hours to complete. Whereas a high octane 5K will take significantly less than half an hour with dedicated training. The distance and time requirements of tackling a marathon is less conducive to competition in my estimation, especially if running a race organized by Run Disney or Run Rock and Roll. A caveat to this is if you're going for some time qualifier like Boston or New York, but there's always a caveat to anything and everything if you look hard enough. We're discussing specifically completing a first race, and you should not be trying to qualify for one of those races on your first race. We briefly discussed the appearance of our fellow runners as it pertains to their clothing, but let's dive into their appearance a tiny bit more. The appearance of other individuals' bodies is a real touchy subject for a variety of reasons, but I ain't here to put anyone down, and if you're a psychomaniac new runner on the road to Gainesville, you better not be either. I bring this up because I've trained plenty of clients who have ran multiple races and they come and they tell me after the fact that the course was populated with people who don't look like quote unquote runners. People of all different shapes, sizes, and ages line up at a marathon start line with the same goal of completing that distance in the upright position. The same way anyone can run it is the most accessible sport because all you need is a good pair of shoes. Anyone can run a full marathon. I've had plenty of friends and clients who were shocked when they signed up for a marathon just at how inviting and supportive the environment is and how many runners you see who look like normal, real people. The point is, it's completely possible to dominate a full marathon and it should be the goal of any new runner to finish a full 26.2 miles at some point. It's not easy, but we've all heard the old adage that nothing worth accomplishing in this world comes easy. I've referred to this before, but I remember reading that less than half a single percent of the United States population has completed a full 26.2 miles. With time, effort, and a whole lot of running, you can complete this mileage as long as you're willing to put in the work.
You may be thinking, what kind of sales pitch was that? As I know, this episode has been heavily focused on the mental and emotional struggles of why I run. But finding that motivation, and I mean real, sustained motivation, which fostered focus, was essential to my completing my first marathon. Anyone can run, and anyone can run a marathon, but you need to figure out why you want to do this. Maybe it's to live a healthier and fit lifestyle. Maybe it's because you want to check something off your bucket list. Maybe it's because you're coming to terms with your own mortality and undergoing a bit of an existential crisis. Whatever your reason is for wanting to tackle that distance, know that it's valid. And odds are there is someone else on the face of this big blue earth struggling with the same thing you are. And there isn't a better way to live with your emotions or contemplate where you're at than going outside for a run. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run. We drop a new episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast every Monday in case you're in need of that Monday motivation. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at anyonecanrunpod. We also currently open the Twitch gym, located at twitch.tv slash truebroslive, weekdays from 12 to 6 central time, so be sure to follow and turn on notifications if you ever want to talk running or anything else with me in real time, or to show a little support for the gains of Twitch. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast, and if you did, you can rate, review, like, share, and subscribe. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for, and regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.